0: Namaste.
1: So one of the original early schools was that of what was called raja yoga. Raja yoga is not different from Yoga; They are the same. But raja yoga became called that in order to emphasize the fact that one became the Raja through this practice. Raja means king or sovereign. One became sovereign over the ego mind. One had the power to silence the ego mind at will and to keep it silent. So this sovereignty over the mind became emphasized as the goal of yoga and therefore it was called Raja Yoga. Later they would add the, uh, let's say, the karmic possibility that because you became sovereign in, as a yogi you could, if you wished to, take rebirth as a raja, as a king, uh, or in any other form as, uh, as you wished if you were to remanifest manifest uh, your presence in, within the cosmic field. But the main point is sovereignty over the mind. Now, that sovereignty can be attained in two different ways. One is to have the knowledge of the supreme real, which is also called supreme knowledge or jnana. So, Raja Yoga also took on the name Jnana Yoga because it was the yoga in which the knowledge that thou art that was passed on but passed on not only verbally as an equation but passed on again directly vibrationally okay so Jnana Yoga is not different than Raja Yoga It's simply expressing the same idea with a different signifier to emphasize now the knowledge that would make you the king or the sovereign rather than the sovereignty itself, but no different. And, it began to be called bhakti-yoga. Bhakti means devotion. Why? Because you can get to the same result through having a total devotional love for the Supreme Real. Because what is love but union? And therefore love is one uh, approach. It's not, you don't need to have an intellectual approach. And remember, the supreme real is beyond the intellect, beyond the human intellect. The supreme intelligence does not use the instruments of the human intellect, which are language, mathematics, imagery, all of those uh, ways in which a person tries to grasp reality. The supreme real doesn't need to be grasped because you are it. You're not different from it. And so it cannot be grasped intellectually. And therefore love is a beautiful way of also realizing it. But it's not a love of an other. God is not wholly other. That's why the term God is, is uh, not always the best term to use for people because of the baggage that uh, it has uh, taken on in the West. Uh, However, the absolute real is uh, the self, and it is love. And so if you have love for that, that is also the love from that, and the love that is that. And so it's another way to reach that blessed union. But it's only a different term, a different signifier for the same signified. At least it was originally. And then in later times when people felt more in the ignorance and separation from the Absolute. The devotion was to a god or goddess figure that was worshipped in order to receive from that other blessings and grace rather than realizing that you are it. But that's the original meaning and that is the meaning that remains the ultimate truth. So uh, the, the term uh, evolved, and we could, we could go on and include kundalini yoga, which is, uh, again, the whole spectrum. Those seven uh, 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 lights that are the one light or the, the different chakras, they are all, all another way to reach the, uh, the highest from which they all uh, emanate. And, uh, and we could go on and, and talk about many other versions of yoga, including hatha yoga, which uh, was the last to develop uh, when the ability to reach uh, the, the real through simply realization that was uh, uh, an act of being uh, and one couldn't do it through an act of thinking or devotion or, uh, or other form, one began to attempt to slow down the galloping ego mind in order to reach that consciousness that underlies the mind, the real, uh, uh, through uh, processes of breath work and of, uh, of physical uh, postures and exercises that would bring one into a state in which the metabolism would slow down and the breathing and the, uh, the, the, there would be a kumbhaka or a silencing, a rest of the physical that would also bring a, an opening to the real. Uh, but all were the same. And so uh, one of the yogas that became uh, probably the most famous was the yoga school of Patanjali. And he wrote what were called the yoga sutras. And those sutras started with a very famous phrase. uh, Yoga is chitta vritti nirodha that phrase, chitta means the, the consciousness, the whole space of consciousness, the ether of consciousness, you could say, the, the energy of consciousness. Joseph Campbell calls it the mind stuff. You can call it what you will, but it is when you take the mind stuff and all of its movements, the vrittis, these are motions of the mind stuff, waves, thought waves, and you cause the thought-waves to cease. Nirodha means cessation. So you stop all thoughts and all even very subtle images and emotions. You bring the mind to a flat line. That is the goal of yoga. Now, all of the other yogas agree with that the only uh, difference would be uh, what that goal does not mention is that uh, when you do that you reach the blissful super intelligent supreme real that was never born and never dies okay so just trying to silence the mind without having that context uh, can make it a very sort of dry exercise and, uh, and much more difficult to, uh, to, to reach the inspiration level that will uh, make this much easier and more desirable. There would be more of a yearning when you really understand uh, what is to be gained from letting go of the ignorance, which is simply the misidentification of your consciousness with the body And with the language that you learned and that language with its very few concepts uh, and uh, uh, understandings and a very simplistic context or paradigm of reality uh, because it becomes a belief system that is unchallenged by the ego itself creates the barrier that doesn't really exist but is produced by the belief that one is indoctrinated into as a child in this modern period in which one believes in materialism and in uh, a a random world of of bodies and and does not recognize the primacy of consciousness and the unlimited uh, nature of consciousness when one explores the depths that lie beyond the purview of language and of egoic emotion. So I hope that clarifies it that there really aren't different yogas. Every yoga has the same goal, which is the silencing of the illusory self in order to reveal the real. And this is true whether it's what would now be called Hindu versions of yoga or Buddhist yogas or Taoist yoga. And it's the same with contemplative prayer in Christianity or Kabbalistic uh, prayer in Judaism or the Sufis, uh, zikr or any of the other uh, approaches of different religions and spiritual groups all have the same goal of annihilating or eliminating the unreal so that the real is fully revealed. The difficulty for a mind that is embedded in language which divides everything into subject and object is there is an assumption that the real is something else, something I don't know, something that is uh, uh, strange foreign and uh, and one wants uh, instructions of how to get there but uh, as all the sages say you can't get to where you already are what you have to do is to realize that you are not where you think you are because you're in a dream you must awaken from that dream and that dream is the paradigm that you accept uh, uh, unwittingly, unconsciously, uh, that you are a bodily being in a physical world and you don't recognize that all that appears is within your consciousness and that you, the self, are outside of that world. You are not in the dream. The dreamer does not appear within the dream. Even though the dream is entirely within the dreamer and not separate from the dreamer because it's an expression of the mind of the dreamer but those who are within the dream cannot know the dreamer until there is an awakening from the identification with the character in the dream so this is the process of yoga, awakening and that awakening brings illumination and liberation and bliss and because the realization is that the self is not the body the self, the real, does not suffer Regardless of the condition of the body, the real self is not disturbed by bodily sickness or or have fear of death or have any other uh, fears or anxieties. And so it is that freedom from every form of suffering that comes from misidentification with the body that is the great gift of grace that comes immediately to the realized self.
0: Thank you for listening to the Spiritual Teachings with Shunyamurti podcast. For more information on programs and retreats, click on the calendar section of our website, www.satyoga.org.